Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Unwiring Minds. This is your host, Raquel, and here we have Megan Nolan. She is a vitality coach, and she's going to be sharing today how we can learn to stay calm on command. So you're welcome to get started. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here with everybody today. So yes, cultivating calm on command maybe sounds like something that is a little bit unachievable considering how stressful and crazy life can be and considering how it can be inside our head when life is crazy and stressful. <laughs> and so how do I know that this is a reality? Well, it's the one I live in inside my head. And I am a personal trainer. I teach yoga. I'm also a mental fitness coach. So mental fitness is learning to strengthen the muscles of the mind so that you can cultivate calm on command. And the reason I'm so passionate about all of that is a, I believe that your health and happiness is the foundation to your success and creating the impact that you're here and destined to make. But B, because as yoga is so powerful in strengthening and cultivating deep connection with ourselves and keeping your body strong and flexible, the real essence of the yoga practice and what we're working on when we do all those poses and crazy things that you see on social media is learning how to cultivate calm. And we use all those stretches and the poses to get to a point where your body is not distracting you so that you can focus your mind and achieve a state of deep connection and meditation. So because it's such a huge part of it, I thought, okay, well, I want to learn to do this. I feel like it's an integrity for me to be able to do this and to teach this as a teacher. And integrity is one of my core values. Admittedly, I really struggled with it for a very, very long time. And I'm not alone in that. And maybe some of you can relate to that because approximately 80% of people that start meditating stop. And there's a reason for that because it's hard. <laughs> it's challenging. <laughs> and so it's challenging. And the, actually the irony with that is that because it's challenging, that's what actually challenges your brain. And when you're challenging your mind to focus, you're strengthening the neurons, the brain cells to be able to mature and to grow, especially in parts of the brain that are associated with memory and personality, particularly your hippocampus. How do I know that? Well, because I stopped meditating and I had this whole, this whole like out of alignment, inner battle conflict of like, oh, you're a yoga teacher. You don't even meditate. Some kind of yoga teacher you are, you know, and I had that whole story going and so I stopped I stopped doing it because like I couldn't do it I would literally get so frustrated I'm like why is this it's like literally like a monk collection of monkeys like with eating too much like crazy bananas and they're just like bang 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 inside my head and that's what it felt like when I was meditating I'm like this is freaking impossible I this is no stop and so I stopped for a long time and then my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and that's really scary when you start to watch somebody deteriorate and me being me, and maybe your listeners can relate to this and probably because they're listening to this awesome podcast, I love to learn. And as soon as there's something that I feel like I need to learn more about, I started to research what I could do to be proactive with keeping my brain healthy and ideally keep it healthy for the duration of my lifespan. And one of the things that came forward as one of the best things that we can do for the health of our brain is actually meditation because of what it does for the maturation of the brain cells, especially in the areas of the brain affected by Alzheimer's and dementia, the hippocampus in particular. Yes. And so I was like, oh, damn it. All right, I gotta try again. <laughs> and so 
went to my teacher, my yoga teacher, and I said, you know, I'm really struggling. Like, I really would love to be able to meditate. I have a hard time with it. And in classic yoga teacher answer, she said, well, maybe you haven't found your stick. And I said, my stick? And she said, no, your stick. And I was like, maybe not. I didn't know I was looking for a stick. <laughs> Clearly that was the problem. I don't have a stick, <laughs> you know? And so she said, no, 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 no. Listen, your mind is curious. It's like an elephant. It's always looking and searching and reaching for things. And when an elephant given something to hold onto, like a stick in the trunk or the tail of the elephant in front of it, think about it. When you see photos of elephants, they're often holding something in their trunk or holding the tail. And because they're very curious, when they're given something to do, that's what they focus on. So maybe you haven't found your stick yet, Megan. And I said, so my mind is the elephant, the stick is the tool. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> okay. So what can I start to do? Because for me and for many of your listeners, you may relate to the fact that sitting down and just watching my breath clearly was not an effective meditation technique because I was literally like in the past, in the future, nowhere in the present. I was just bing bonging all over the place. And so what I realized was, is that sometimes in order for us to cultivate calm and presence, we need to be doing something because that's the nature of our mind is so busy, right? It's just inevitably it wants to get distracted. And we're looking for that pause, that stillness and that deep connection. And that's the essence of the yoga practice. And the essence of meditation is being able to find that stillness and it might be fleeting, right? And so when you find something that works for you, whether that's the breath or repeating mantras or using mudras or movement in your meditation, or just focusing on the water while you're washing the dishes, all of that is achieving the same goal, which is to quiet the stress part of our brain, the amygdala, and shift us into a state of calm and presence. So it really doesn't matter what the stick is. It's a matter of it being something that's useful for you. And so for me, I've realized that I need to be doing like five different things simultaneously when I, in order to meditate, you know, saying the mantra, doing the mudra, focusing on the breath. And then I'm like, okay, fine. Now I have the stick and I'm still. And so for me, that was really learning how to find something that worked and integrating that into my practice. So I have some simple ways to do that, but I wanted to pause there and give you a chance to ask any questions that you might have. <laughs> well, that was exactly what I was going to ask. Like, how do you think that um, people that have been struggling with like finding their way of meditating, how do you think that they can approach it? How can they find their sick? Yes. Great question. So that's when I was initially um, showed and given the experience of the mental fitness practice of, of learning to control the mind, essentially, it is, is really incredible because what the researcher that created them, and he based this whole framework of mental fitness on positive psychology, neuropsychology, like performance science, all of that, and learning to use these practical tools to calm us down. And so what he recognized and what we're doing in meditation, in a sense, is using one point of focus yeah. to really take command of the mind. And so whether that is, you know, what more traditional style of meditation or in the mental fitness practice, something as simple as taking your first finger and bringing it to the tip of your thumb and slowly rubbing your fingertips together. So let's try it together. For those of you that aren't, do, aren't driving, you can just do it or you can do it while you're driving, but listen. So if it's only if it's safe for you to do so, close your eyes because we drop the visual stimulation and we come into a little more of a focus. So go so slowly that you can feel the ridges of your fingertips. 
focus on it. Go to a different finger. See if you can feel more over there. So you may need to go side to side, up and down, and just focus on it. Notice how quickly your mind is like, what's this? Squawk. Just come back to focusing on the fingers. And then take your hands, rub your fingertips together, up and down your hands, and just do it. See how it feels. What you're honing that ability is to be able to focus your mind on one sensation. One sensation. And when you notice that you have gotten distracted, because approximately 50% of the time you will be distracted, that's the work is picking up the stick and coming back, right? So whether that's, you know, using the fingertips, so that's so powerful or using one point of visual focus. So whatever you're looking at, if you're having a conversation with someone and you notice that your mind is like all over the place, like you had too much coffee and you can't focus. What I want you to do is just lean in and focus on visual details. Notice something about them that you haven't noticed before. Like, are there little flecks of colors in their eyes? Do you notice how beautiful they look when they smile and when they get excited? Like what you're looking for are minute details to give your mind something really intentional to hone in on because what you're doing there is literally cultivating the ability to command your mind rather than having it run the show. So simple stuff like that, fingertips or listening, like what's the quietest sound you can hear? You wiggle your toes and feel the, your toes moving. So the beautiful thing about that is that a lot of what those are are actually things that we do in the yoga practice. So, so much of what we do in yoga is really cultivating that ability to command the mind. But yeah. really what it's more practical for you to be able to do stuff like this. It's like you can be rubbing your fingertips together while you're listening to somebody and you can see that they're getting all fired up and they're getting pissed off. And, and you're like, mm, stay calm stay present, stay with the breath, rub my fingertips together. I'm going to hold it together. I'm not going to lose it. You know? And so you're able to really cultivate that on command. That's crazy. And it's a phenomenon that I think a lot of people do not know that they can actually sort of go back to their place, not suddenly just have this mm, rage and speak back in a bad way or something like that. Um, I feel like people don't, aren't aware that they do have a, a way of controlling it. And do you have any advice in terms of people that feel maybe unmotivated to get started with this? Is there any way that can help motivate people to, you know, take a moment, um, focus on just not, um, trying to focus on nothing and um, meditating? How do you think people can motivate themselves to do that? That's a great question. I think anything we want in our life, we want for the feeling of it. So ask yourself, how do you feel? Do you feel as though you are happy and joyful and grounded and energized? Or are you frustrated? Are you discouraged? Are you disappointed? And know that there's a normal range of motion with that, but, and a range of feelings for sure. But really look at how you want to feel and how you want to show up and noticing that when you are feeling good, everything feels lighter and easier. So think about it. How do you want to feel in your life and doing things that help you to feel good, whether that's feeling calm or grounded or feeling centered, using the tools like we shared here are so powerful because that's really what we're after, right? We're after a feeling. And so when you can tap into that and do these little practices and commit to it in a way that, that works for you, not feel like you have to meditate for an hour every day to be making it worthwhile. No, when you're doing stuff like that periodically throughout the day, you're able to tap into that deep state of calm. And I think hopefully that would motivate you to 
go back and do it again. Because when you're feeling good, you're more likely to want to do it again, right? And so finding something that feels good to you and feels light to you, that's that's hopefully would kind of light the fire within you to, to go after it and do it. Well, thank you so much, Megan, for coming here and sharing everything. Because I think that you're, you have valuable insight into how people should sort of like sit down, meditate, work on themselves. And so thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking your time to be here and well to the listeners. I'll see you next time.